It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? It is another Duncan Philly victory party in here on episode number 54. Since it's a Duncan Philly victory party, the best way to celebrate is with free Dunkin' Donuts coffee. That's right, Dunkin' Donuts in the greater Philadelphia area runs the Eagles win. You win program so fans can score a medium hot or iced coffee the day after each Eagles win with a special offer from the Dunkin' Mobile app. You just download the app. You can give them a follow at Duncan Philly on Twitter or on Facebook for more info or Facebook that is for more information. And of course, I know a lot of you are wondering who won the tickets. Well, just uh, be ready. We're going to announce it uh, probably this afternoon, Monday, if you're uh, listening to this at the moment. Uh, a lot of things to talk about. Uh, you know, a lot of a uh, lot of people kind of uh, this Eagles uh, Twitter civil war kind of down the middle uh, earlier this afternoon as I was looking at that. Um, some people are really happy that it, they came out with a victory. Uh, some people were kind of perturbed that, uh, of how they got the victory. So we'll talk about both things as we bring in the, uh, assistant editor in chief of bleeding green nation.com. We welcome back Mr. Mike K. What's happening, pal. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Uh, what did you make of all this, Mike? I, it's, it's one of those wins that you're sure spo- supposed to be very excited about just 34 to seven going into this thing. Yeah, the Rams, uh, they kind of uh, walked uh, right back into the door there and made it a very close heart attack game as we've come to know and love around here. But what were your initial thoughts basically after the uh, final whistle there? Well, there ain't no rest for the wicked, evidently, I mean, in Philadelphia. But, um, you know, I, I just, to me, I thought uh, Billy Davis played pr- some pretty soft defense, some really soft coverage. Uh, I had my winners and losers that came out today, Monday. Uh and basically, I, I'm blaming the only re- I shouldn't say the only reason, but the main reason why this was still a ball game late in, in the in the uh, game was Nick Folds Nick Foles. Sorry, that was a little bit of a Floydian, uh, Freudian <laughs> slip there. Um, I was like, where's he going? Oh, my. Yeah, Nick Foles uh, kind of folded under under his own pressure, I guess, and uh, fumbled the ball uh, going face first which we know if you're not contacted doing that, even as a quarterback, uh, 
the play still live. I was trying to get down forward, and uh, in that situation, I was going to make sure I hold on to the ball. Just at that point, um, I, I knew when I had crossed the line of scrimmage, there was a guy right behind me, and I was just trying to keep it going, get a couple extra yards. But in that situation, you know, you break it, and it, you start sliding you down. So, uh, great learning experience for me. Uh, the ball came out. Ground caused the fumble, but it doesn't matter because he wasn't touched. And, um, you know, the Rams picked it up. They were able to score off that drive. They had another quick possession from the Eagles, and they were able to, the Rams were able to score again. And, and after the two minute warning, real, had to punt the ball away and put it in the defense's hands, who played pretty well for the most part till the fourth quarter. Um, it, it just, it felt like a tie to me. It didn't, like, I don't, I don't feel like the team, I don't feel like the team lost. I don't feel like they won. I mean, it just, like, it's, Every time this team does something great, whether it's in the first half of the season, there's always something that you can be like, well, really? I, I just don't understand. Why can't this team put it together? They've n- they haven't put together. I, you know, I was sitting back watching the game, and I was like, wow, this is going to be a collective win. Nope. Yeah, yeah, no. Not so much. It just – it really – and then, you know, LaShawn McCoy uh, – I don't know what's up with him. He really, I mean, there aren't a lot of holes, but he's not even waiting for those holes to develop. He's just running around that fumble that he had was absolutely unnecessary. He should have gone down after shaking one guy and realizing he was going to get a loss. I mean, you don't need to hit a home run every single time. And honestly, I think uh, Chip Kelly showed his lack of trust in both Foles and and Shady when he really let Sproles just have the last three offensive possessions of the game. Yeah, LaShawn took himself out. He did. Yeah, if you look at his quotes after the game, he he rotates and he knows Foles can play. I think we have two marquee running backs, so I, I don't I don't change how we call things. I don't do anything differently when Darren's in the game. I think Darren had seven carries, fifty one yards, average seven point three yards a carry. So I think he, you know, he's pretty good in what we do. And you're you're basically like, well, if the running game isn't working, the passing game isn't working. How are we supposed to win games? Well, yeah, and that's the that's the hard part of it too. Is just the, it was when you saw a better, a, a slightly better team. When we'll, we'll figure that out because it looks like San Francisco is going to uh, beat Kansas City here. But um, y- when better teams come to town, I think that's why there are so many people that kind of look at he- uh, look ahead, and I'm one of them. Um, and I don't know. Some people think that you shouldn't have had as much high expectations of coming into the season, and. Um, you know, just be happy with the with the four and one. And I just, I'm one of those people that can't do that. And I understand that sometimes it might come off as whiny or you're picking things apart when they don't need to. But, you know, the offensive line struggle is a real thing. Uh, just like Mike said, Shady bouncing around is a real thing. I don't know if that's a pressing thing. I don't know if that's a health thing. Um, the guy that we thought was the man, and both of us here included, who wrote him, including through the off season. And even still now I'm I've, I've wavered a, a ton and I totally look like a fraud and, and deserve all that stuff too. But these things that you just see in your mind and uh, you know, especially with Nick, it, it's, it's like a completely different offense. And that's, that's the real, I don't think it's just one thing in particular. I can't just like I said last week, and I apologize if that came off differently, but it's not just one thing, you know, this offense just isn't clicking. Uh, I thought it was amazing the start again. I mean, it's another historic day where your special teams come out on the first opening drive and block a punt and put it in the end zone for seven. That's going to be a great day, and it was a great day. Uh, you know, Cedric Thornton recovering the fumble for the touchdown. Probably 11 yard line on first down. Davis hit, loses the football, and it is taken in for a touchdown. 
down. Cedric Fort. The Eagles have yet another touchdown on a return. You know, it's just when you have defensive and special teams touchdowns and they're kicking ass and taking names, well, the offense that you saw in 2013, that should have been a 50-point game. It should have stayed 50-7. to seven. Uh, but it, it it didn't. It didn't. It really didn't. And I and I don't want to keep having the same Nick Foles debate over and over again. But I think that when when I'm talking about Nick Foles and what I'm thinking about him, I'm thinking long term. And long term, I don't know if there's you could. I don't know. That's a pretty strong statement. I think you could draft somebody or take on a free agent uh, that could have played just as well as Nick played right this moment. Um, you can't discredit the twenty-seven and two, but it's but it's not there anymore. You just like the offensive line that we appreciated isn't there anymore. Just like I'm even some of the Chip Kelly calls got your head scratching. And Mike mentioned it too. Third and six handoff when it's coming down to a two-minute warning, um, and no matter what happens, the ball you know the clock's going to stop either way. So I don't understand why you just don't go uh, pick up the first down. But again, that. That could be a humongous trust issue of, uh, well, we don't want, we'd rather not turn over the ball, so let's just see if we can pick up the first down and hopefully the defense can stop them. And I don't know, Mike, like where where does this kind of sit for you on this? I mean, the, I, I'm con- constantly nervous. I'm thinking the offense is eventually going to turn this thing around and start clicking, but it just hasn't. So what do the Eagles have to do to kind of get this moving again? Well, let's be a little bit positive here with this win, right? Sure. Um, and you and I talked off off air with this, but if Nick doesn't fumble that ball, you're thinking, okay, relatively okay performance. I mean, maybe he goes down and scores another touchdown. Maybe they get a rushing touchdown, whatever. But you're like, okay, I mean, that was above average. Whatever, that's fine. But I, I think, I think we make a lot out of out of singular plays, and I know people will get on us for that. But those plays are huge. Those plays are huge. This this game yeah. would not be what it was. The narrative would be completely different if Nick just slides forward. And a lot of the praise that we gave him from his first year is that Nick was an extremely intelligent guy, had a lot of awareness, very, uh, very game-savvy student of the game. But his lack of awareness in four out of the last five games has been peculiar, to say the least. I, I, I don't understand. I really I don't get it. Like he's showed such a lack. Of, he uh, Dan Klosner says he's seeing ghosts. I see it when I watch rewatch games. He's he's double pumping for no reason. Uh, he gets fixated on on his targets. It's and then just this this fumble. I, I I'm I'm perplexed. Like it doesn't make sense to me. So I think what you do is you have a conversation with Nick. He needs to feel that fire under him because when he thought that he had the opportunity to possibly have Nick take over the job, he was sensational. So I, I don't know if he's the type of guy that needs to have a fire lit under him. I don't know what that says about him. I don't know if that's extremely accurate. But what I'm saying is I think you need to have the conversation. The conversation needs to happen now. Hey, Nick, you know, we're winning games, but you have to improve or we're going to lose them down the stretch when we play these better teams, when we play these division games. I don't think you have any shot of, of benching Nick prior to the bye. So you have the Giants game and then you have the bye because the Arizona game is going to be really tough. They've got a very, very good defense. Depending on if Carson Palmer is available, we'll see about that. But I'm just saying you, there's there are going to be times when Nick's going to look even worse because they won't be able to be as close as they were because you'll have competent special teams units and competent offenses that you're playing and the defense and special teams won't be able to save you. So I I think Nick really needs to understand this is not 
you know, you can start looking over your back. You need to be able to manage the game well. You need to be able to control the ball and and make good throws. It looked like he was a little bit more accurate out there today, but he just needs to continue to improve. Yeah, and it's again, I'm not trying to suggest that it's all Nick Foles' fault, uh, but there's just something there's just something missing here, and it does the does the off. I mean, is it most of the offensive line here? Is David Moak not putting up enough uh, pass protection? Is he seeing more? pressure is well, like what what is it that's throwing him off though that's what i don't what what is it i, I mean i i think it's you're you're dealing with a lot of third and eight third and ten third and thirteen those certainly don't help i mean he was able to manage it out uh with a couple of Ertz throws and some selic throws and jordan matthews i mean he looked more accurate today i i he thought did. he looked i thought he looked a lot more accurate he also uh, looked like he was getting the ball out there was a few plays where he had dread that he got away with there was a an early uh, throw that he uh, he should have gotten picked off, and then he had the one where he just threw it out. The one where he was actually falling down and throwing to Ertz, when you look from the, the camera angle behind him, it looked like he had a clear view of Ertz, and it wasn't that dangerous of a throw, but he had two that were just like, wow. And then he had the Jordan Matthews underthrow, which I think the ball left his hand a little bit early. I rewatched it, and it looked yeah. like he... It, 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 that it just it was a mechanics issue which has been a problem with him all season I, I just think well David Mulk you bring up David Mulk and I, I know I keep going on this diatribe but David Mulk has been awful awful <laughs> and when you can't trust the run game to get you you know six yards seven yards I mean Nick made plays when he had third and three and third and four I mean there was a couple of outs when when he had those opportunities but for the most part he looked sharp uh I I don't know I I really I don't know if he doesn't trust the. I think he trusts the line because that's just who Nick is. But not having that running game, I think, is really affecting him because he's not the type of guy you want throwing on third and thirteen. Well, yeah, and I think Chip Kelly recognized that too, especially early in the, early in the game. I, I'm going to have to rewatch this one just to kind of refresh my memory. But I thought the most of the passes were okay. We're just let's let's work on get the ball out because you know we don't want you holding hold on to it because you're, you might be so trusting of this patchwork offensive line here but uh and it seemed like there were a lot of quick throws and screens early on uh, yeah just trying to loosen them up and then a lot of times as we play teams it's trying to figure out how they've decided to defend us you know and, and they were in a, a big man scheme you know different than some of the other teams we face so um you know trying to get a feel for what they're going to do from a you know a defensive standpoint are you going to be because they're they've done a good job of playing zone and man of just what what are they going to choose to play us in and they choose to play us a lot more man today than we had seen i thought early they they got into that rhythm and it just kind of stalled towards the red zone um also just a uh, glad to see josh huff active and out there and made one catch you know, get finally getting in there, I think, helps. Which should have been for a loss. It should have been for a loss, but he kind of willed his way through it and got four yards. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know, guys. Like, I, I want to be rah-rah, Susboom bots, 4-1. and one. We have a major, major Sunday night football game coming up um, at home against the Giants. I am I am thankful for, uh, for, like, finally, after 18 quarters, the fade route to Riley Cooper. He remembered how to catch one of those. Three receivers to the right. Foles looking for Cooper in the end zone. He goes up and makes the catch for an Eagles touchdown. And that that actually went down. So that, I mean, that made me happy. I think, you know, Chris uh, Marago's Cody Parkey being solid again and having Alex Henry miss field goals inside of a dome, which was supposed to resurrect his career or whatever else I was reading. That makes me happy. Cedric Thornton. Um, you know, the giving up stuff to the, the Kenny Britt. I mean, just the the defensive backfield as the game kind of wore on. 
was so terrible. And I, I, I don't know, just like you had said, I don't know if that was more Billy Davis kind of good doing the prevent defense. Let's not try and lose this thing. But I, Bradley Fletcher and Kerry Williams both just not turning around on balls. Those look like two, the one that was uh, to Kenny Britt and uh, the one that was to Brian Quick. Um, I just think that those were, if they t- had turned their heads, they could have e- at least batted it away. But what did you see out there with our secondary today, Mike? Kerry Williams is, 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 in my opinion, notorious. Well, I, I wouldn't say notorious because I don't know if everybody realizes it, but Kerry Williams never turns around. He almost never reacts to a, a pass unless it's in front of him. So it's he's gotten to the, it's gotten to the point where I, I I mean yeah Fletcher had the bad uh, Britt touchdown. Kenny Britt made a great catch in his on um, on Fletcher and uh, if Fletcher would have turned around a second early maybe it'd have been an interception. But he actually played it well once the ball was in the air and it was coming down. I thought Britt's just bigger than him and outmuscled him. Uh, Kerry Williams is a real problem. He doesn't keep guys in front of him. Uh, he's he barely ever turns around. If the ball wasn't caught, he probably would have been for pass interference a couple of times. Um, Nate Allen gave up the first touchdown to Quick, where he just he got owned. I mean, Nate looked confused the whole game. I don't know what was going on there. I mean, really, outside of Jenkins, it's you know you could even talk about Earl Wolf. Earl Wolf has missed tackles the last two or three games. Uh, you know, Boykin has been an on and off. Uh, he had a great play today. That he got a pass on that last drive, and then you know. It, Nolan Carroll, you're barely seeing him on the field. So yeah. I really don't know what to, to make of the secondary. I mean, they played well early, I thought. I mean, Bradley Fletcher almost had two picks. Uh, but, you know, I just think we have to get by with them being average. If they're just average and, and Jenkins pulls them up. I mean, if you look at the front seven today, uh, there should be no excuses. Let me let me, let me, let me uh, give you a, a couple of stats. Okay, so the front seven today, they had three forced fumbles four sacks, three fumble recoveries, and a touchdown. And that's not even counting the batted passes. Right. So, you know, they had a good game today. I mean, they were getting pressure regularly. I mean, there should have been some more turnovers from the secondary, and they really didn't have a lot of excuses. I was impressed by Austin Davis, though, as a passer. I thought he played very, very well. Yeah, I was, uh, I mean, uh, early on you saw, yeah, it was definitely like a third, third-string quarterback, but he kind of gained confidence throughout there. I thought he zipped some balls in there really well. Um, yeah, it's just going to be, uh, it's going to be tough and going in New York, you got to be like, you know, the, the forgotten giants, everybody thinks that they were going to pretty much be written off, but the offense seems to be clicking. Now the defense is playing better than I honestly thought they would play. DRC seems like, you know, still half interested in what's going on here. You look around, um, on, uh, you know, Monday night, we'll have to see what the, with the Redskins outcome, but obviously I think we know what's going on there. And, Dallas is still Dallas. I mean, they're getting jazzed up about the Saints win, but you can tell that that's definitely not the same team there anymore. Um, and it, it might end up being just a big three-horse race here towards the end. So I just, I, I'm not sure, Mike. I don't know if I'm as confident that the Eagles can kind of ride this out and with nine or ten wins. I think it's going to take ten wins to win this division. And if you look at some of the schedule, it's just like, well, there could be some major pitfalls in there. If the offense and everything just doesn't start clicking here. Um, do you think that these guys can tread water and win these ugly games like this until Kelsey and Mathis come back somewhere around the Carolina? I mean, I think if they can manage to, to play well, 
uh, and regain their confidence, at least as an offensive unit, I think they'll be fine. I mean, it's going to be a tough road. I think they're going to have – these are going to be close games on the stretch. I think this Giants game is going to be extremely close. It's it's a game that I've felt uncomfortable with even before we saw any of them play just because it's right before the bye. Um, but, you know, they're going to have to win division games. That's going to be the, the key. I mean, they can lose to Seattle. They can lose to whoever. I mean, it's just – they have to win division games. This team has to finish at least four and two in the division. They're one and zero right now. Uh, if they can beat the Giants, it'll be a good step because it kind of puts them two. I believe it puts them two games behind. Yeah. And and uh, you know Dallas is going to be you know Thanksgiving's going to be huge. It, I mean somebody's going to be thankful for something because it looks like <laughs> that's going to be who who's going to take on the lead in the division. Technically, the Eagles I believe have the the lead because uh, Dallas hasn't played anybody in the division yet. I think that's no, right. I could, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. right. So you know, right now I think they can get by a little bit if they can have two or three losses by the time uh, you know Kelsey and Mathis get back. I, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I really do think this Giants game. It's um, every game's important, and and trust me, I hate people when they say, "Oh, this is a must-win game." Uh, but this is a as close to as you can get. I think to kind of just have a little more cushion you know, into the bye week. And, uh, the, the, yeah, the Giants game is going to be a, a pretty huge game. We also wanted to check in um, with you guys, obviously, on Twitter, get all your post-game thoughts. Uh, Media Mike, um, 77, can get things off saying, I think the Giants and their fans suck. So he's obviously pumped up and ready to go for next week. Uh, Justin Lampier uh, also just tweeted me a picture of saying, uh, this is my thoughts, and it's a picture of Brett Hundley from uh, UCLA, the quarterback there. So obviously, there are some people that on a different wavelength when it comes to the quarterback play here. But um, uh, Sproles needs more touches. That's in from Justin Howard. I don't know if that's really the case, Mike. Do you think Sproles needs to get uh, a couple of more uh, touches out here from McCoy's uh, still struggling? I'll tell you who needs more touches: Chris Polk. Well, that's a lot. I heard a lot of people saying that too. I mean, some of these holes would be hit pretty hard by Chris Polk. I know he's, you know, hanging on by a thread every single season. But, I mean, I'd like to see him get the ball in there more. He can catch. He can run. I just, I think if Shady's not working, that it's just, you know, he's got a huge cap number next year. Why not prepare yourself uh, if you're going to cut him? Or, you know, I know that's kind of blasphemy three weeks ago, but... Really, I mean, if he can't go to going, what's the point in paying him? This isn't just a down season. He's averaging 2.9 yards a carry. He, right now, he's not projected to have a thousand. I believe he's not projected to even hit a thousand yards. So you're looking at a guy who really, this is a make or break season for him, and he's just not, he's breaking. You know what I mean? So I would I would look at Polk. I, I would see if he could be a long-term option as like a part of a two-headed thing with Sproles or, an, or a draft pick or something like that. I, I don't think Sproles necessarily needs more touches. He's he's a guy that if you have a short volume, I think you can use him in the right way, kind of similar to how the Cardinals used Andre Ellington last year. Andre Ellington's younger, so now they can use him a little bit more in the second season of his career. But I like the way that they're they're using Sproles. I have no problem with it. Yeah, I, it's, it's interesting because um... – I don't know. I don't. I still in my head don't think that they could absolutely just cut Shady. I think he's going to have to take a pay cut, obviously, and rework his contract. But I, it's so weird how. I mean, look at the two guys that we've we've criticized the most this season. Nick Foles being one of them, who had twenty seven touchdowns and two interceptions, and Sean McCoy, who was the leading NFL rusher last year. So I, I just think that's. 
I, I just think it's crazy, man. Like, how does that? How do we go from that to that in in one off season? How? I, I think you know. It, I don't think Nick's all about the money. I don't think Nick's thinking about the money. I I'm, I can't speak for Shady, but I, I don't know if that's necessarily the problem either. I do think this offensive line is causing more mental hiccups than physical hiccups. If that makes sense, like. Yeah. They're not. I think mentally, these guys aren't trusting the line. It's not that they're the line's actually doing. I mean, Nick's under pressure a lot, and you know there are very few holes for Shady to run through. But they didn't play that well against the Jaguars before all this happened. So I, I don't know what the issue is there. I, I really don't. I mean, and then you look at Riley Cooper, who's averaging eight point three yards a catch, and last year, I mean, he's averaged double, big double digits throughout most of his career. You've got. Brent Selleck, who's averaging five yards a catch. Uh, Zach Ertz and and Jeremy Macklin seem to be the only deep threats. Uh, Jordan Matthews can't run after the catch to save his life. You've got uh, Huff has struggled in the preseason. He only got one catch this game, and it was, you know, basically on a screen. A lot of people like to talk about all the weapons on this team, but I wouldn't say these weapons are perfect. Like, I, you know... Riley Cooper probably would not be a starter on any other team. I mean, on most teams, we should say. You know, Jordan Matthews is still learning the game. You've, you know, Brent Selleck is is regressing. Nick Foles is regressing. It's clear that Shady's somewhat regressing. The line's not very good. I mean, people like to paint a picture of like, yeah, Nick's got all these weapons and and Shady's got this great line, but really, you're 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 looking at this team and they're kind of decrepit. They're not old, but they're are not. They, are they open? <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's my argument against that, too, is just like, sure, yes, they might not be. So uh, even if Deshaun Jackson was here, do they have enough weapons? Do they not have enough weapons? You know, I mean, like there's. No, that's a fair argument. I think that's a fair counter to that point. But I, I also think like you're you're taking it as this guy has all this great stuff in front of him. But it's like you've seen guys drop passes. You've seen guys run wrong routes. You've seen there be confusion you've seen confusion i'm not making excuses for anybody don't sure. please do not please do not take this as excuses but the picture's not as pretty as we're as as a lot of people like to paint it that's all i'm saying well, I'm, i understand that but i just think i mean like what is what does what i think we had the same kind of argument when donovan was in town you know i mean how many how many weapons do you need Really, I mean, like, how many? Uh, you, you're dealing. If you just look at Carolina, uh, Jericho Cotri, Greg Olson, uh, and a rookie wide receiver. I don't know. I, I, what do you, uh, Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh, and who else? Le'Veon Bell. Okay, great. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't think there's. I understand that they're not superstars, but I think they're talented enough to get this offense moving, and they're, they're basically the same guys minus one and plus one uh, from last year. If a soldier has has a bunch of really great guns and one of his things jams, I mean, what are you gonna? I mean, uh, there's. Sure. I just I don't think these guys are as good as we projected them to be. And I thought the team was going to be nine and seven. I did not have crazy expectations, whatever. But I also think you know you're looking at at the other side of you have this quarterback who is still young. I think people don't. Re- they tend to just be like, well, Nick played a whole season last year. He should be good. He didn't play a whole season last year. He paid five games as a rookie. I mean, you, people want to talk about him being a regular third-year quarterback, but really the guy has played a season and a half of game time, so you're he's still learning. You've got Shady, who I, I don't know what his deal is. I, I really just – there's no way to pinpoint that one. He might be injured. He might not be. So, you know, I feel like we're, we're talking in circles, but – 
this team is not as good as any of us think it is. I, I, I just I just don't think it it's that good. I really don't. But it's coach is. That's the, I guess that's the, that's the whole problem I had with when we talked about the whole regression thing going into the season. Well, fine. I mean, like if you can't, then you have to find a way to win, uh, and you have to get better. And I don't. I just don't think. I, it doesn't look to me like this team has gotten better, except maybe on the defensive side of the ball in certain spots and the special teams. Now, those things have gotten better, but I'm just saying, like, where's the move? Where's the leap forward here? Like, why why can't a team leap forward? But, you know, you talk about Chip Kelly. I'm not I'm not questioning Chip Kelly by any means, sure. but how do we know how after one after 21 games, including the playoffs, how do we know he's better than that? Because it's not all luck. <laughs> Sorry. Well, no, it's 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 not luck, but but I'm just saying even really good head coaches have regression after their first season. It's not like it's all on him. It's not like it's, if it was all on him and he was that great, then they would be undefeated and they would look really good. But I, I just don't, there's so many problems that, and there's so many, so much regression. I, I just don't know what goes into that. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's, and I think that's why we're always trying to just find, you know, the next, the, the answer. We want an answer of why certain things are happening and, a lot of people are, you know, saying like, just chill out. We'll see how it goes. And and I think a lot of us need to do. We just need to sometimes just chill out, relax, try and try to enjoy it. But I, again, it's so hard to enjoy when it when stuff like that happens. You know, that should have just been like I, I felt like comatose through the whole game after the the first half was done. It was just kind of like, oh hum, uh, they're coming back. Oh oh my gosh, they might actually possibly win this game. And I know you said. Most head coaches regress. Um, I just pulled one out just because he's the newest one I could think of and has had the most success, and that's Pete Carroll. 7-9, 7-9, 11-5, 13-3. Three. Now, a lot of that is they got lucky in the draft, and they, their players hit, and, and it worked out. And, uh, you know, that defense is a monster and all that other good stuff. But I, I there are teams that I think can be better. You know, like why why wouldn't the Seahawks be tremendously worse than from winning the Super Bowl to going into this year. I'm not trying to compare the two teams, but I'm just saying there's it's not just an ultimate uh they're going to regress and just they're, they're not going to be as good so just deal with it. That's horse manure cuz they they should be better. They should be better. No one's saying that they should regress. It just it's something that a happens. Of, uh, a lot of people did. That's a, that's uh, a, well, in well then that, well then they're they're wrong and that is bull hockey or whatever the hell you want. <laughs> but uh you know, this is a family show. Um, to keep it clean for the kids here. Yeah. yeah, of course. Wash behind your ears. Um, I think, you know, I think when you're looking at a team like this and you talk about, you know, what goes into it, you know, maybe this is a team that's still learning. I, 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 I really just, I mean, I don't think there's answers. And I think maybe part of our problem is we constantly want to point at something and just be like, this is a simple fix. This is this. And it's just like, I don't know if there is like a simple fix for right. this. You know, people can talk about putting in Mark Sanchez. Look at what happened with the Jets uh, Sunday with Geno Smith, or look at the Bills with with uh, Kyle Orton. I mean, yeah, the Bills won the game, but it took like a hundred hundred. Yeah, no, but I'm just I'm just saying, like, I don't know if I see pulling Nick because you can't go back to him. But let's be very clear: if you pull Nick Foles, not I'm not talking about like from a late game collapse or whatever. If you pull Nick Foles, you start Mark Sanchez and Nick is healthy, whether you're lying through your teeth that Nick's injured or whatever, and we can sense it, you cannot put 
Nick back in unless Sanchez gets injured. It's just it sends a completely different message. Everybody seems pretty supportive. I know the mic picked up on on Macklin saying, "Come on, man!" Like there was a yeah. uh, there people are getting frustrated. I do think there is a level of frustration with Nick by not just you know the media and fans. I think players also genuinely are like, "Come on, dude!" Like, but they love the guy, so you know we'll see how that goes. And- <laughs> yeah, I mean he's going to have to play awful like completely awful for for two or three games straight um i i just for for even that to happen or for him to get hurt and who knows if that's i i mean i i seriously doubt that could happen but i i, I don't know i it's just so weird because they're well it, it's a it's a just like we we're saying it's a whole bigger discussion than just one thing or the other here and you could look at it this way too um you know we talked about that you should mention the draft with seattle and them getting lucky Last year's draft class was significantly more impactful early on than this one. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I don't think this draft class. I think this draft class is to supplement positions. It wasn't to. You know, they've had three relatively good draft classes in a row, or two re- relatively good draft classes in a row, and that's largely helped build the team. But I think this draft class, now that we know what Chip Kelly wants, this is like depth and this is like future. This is not like, hey, the present. Because if you really look at it, the only two guys that have made a a massive impact as rookies are Bo Allen and Jordan Matthews so far through these first five games. And by the way, Bo Allen, wow. Stud, man. I I, I mean, I just, it just, I had a feeling going into that and uh, been on the Bo Allen train for a while. Absolutely tremendous game today by him. Um, he really played well. I've been very and Brandon Barr. Let's give a shout out to Brandon Barr because yeah. for all intents and purposes, he's basically a rookie and he really he played a hell of a game. Casey Matthews, dare I say it, played his second okay game Good. row. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean he had a couple of run stops that I was pretty okay with, and you know, uh, there's a lot of positives to take away. I think from a defensive standpoint and a special team standpoint. Dave Phipp, let's let's do a slow clap for him. Can we do that? Do we have that? Uh, you know, um, that, live and in color. Yeah, yeah. His his, his uh, like def, uh, default default picture on like PhiladelphiaEagles.com makes him look like a serial killer, but he is killing it as a uh, special teams coordinator right now. Uh, you know, he's got the Eagles. Uh, I read this on Yahoo. The Eagles have scored seven different ways. There are eight different ways to score a touchdown. The only way the Eagles can be the first team in NFL history to score all eight ways is if they block a field goal or return a field goal for a touchdown. Awesome. Dave Phipp, I'm counting on you. You've got the <laughs> eye of the tiger or the eyes of the tiger. If you look at your picture on NFL.com, uh, nice. Um, I, I think that that's very doable. You have Marigos who's playing Marigos. People like to talk about Cole Anderson being a really good special teams player. Marigos is a literally a special teams ace. Like that is his thing. He is, he has been absolutely awesome. Uh, James Casey, you can see why he was brought here, uh, playing very well on special teams, even though he doesn't get a lot of love on offense. Uh, there was that play, though, that he went in, and, and Jason Peters looked injured, and he went to the right tackle, and then Casey and Selleck lined up on on the left side, and they had that weird formation. I, I don't remember what came out of it, but they had that weird formation. So he got some snaps, and I think... I think Trey Burton's going to become a very good special teams player. Yeah. Brian Raymond also played well. Brad Smith had some stops. This team, I think, is is really well set at special teams. Yeah, and that's just what we've been preaching here for the last couple of weeks, man. If this just kind of comes together and clicks all at once, man, is it going to be awesome? Because they're, the defense, again, is playing well enough, and sometimes it 
points great. Um, and the special teams all around has been playing great. So if the offense just starts to even look like last year, it's going to be really tough to beat this team. That's what's exciting to me going forward. I, I just hope it eventually gets there. And maybe these are just the few first four or five games of trying to work everything out and figuring everything out. And then all of a sudden it's on a trajectory to take off like it did last year. But again, that's a big if, and I don't know, but it's going to be a hell of a fun ride <laughs> with everybody here. So, uh, Mike, final thoughts as we're rolling out here. Yeah, just, you know, stay calm, whether you're on the full side of the fence or the or the non-full side of the fence. You remember, we're all Eagles fans. Let's be, you know, good to each other. Let's get towards the bye. Let's, you know, take a nice vacation from football maybe that weekend outside of fantasy and just yeah. kind of relax. You know, we have a giant – I will be able to talk to you right before the bye, and I will give you some good ideas as to what to do during the bye week. Uh next week um and hopefully we'll be talking about a giants uh loss and an eagles win but you know we'll see well for uh myself john barchard for uh, mike k and of course our uh, missing partner mr matt daring get back safe buddy he had a uh, long long travels from uh, philadelphia back to the upper states of college and uh we'll catch up with him probably on the preview show this week but uh go get your free coffee obviously because we are fueled by duncan philly all the free coffee you want and desire is at your fingertips. Just go download the Dunkin' Donuts mobile app. And uh, with that, that will do it for episode 54 right here on BGN Radio. Good night and good luck, Alex Henry. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Bleeding Green Nation.